0: Welcome to the Embrace Your Destiny podcast. My name is Sandra Dawes and I'm your host. And if you're new to the podcast, the Embrace Your Destiny podcast is all about sharing the stories of women who have been through a struggle of some kind in their life and have overcome it and have learned from that experience and actually have benefited from it in some way, shape or form. And today my guest is Jess Danford. And Jess has propelled into a healthy lifestyle in 2015 after she was diagnosed with celiac disease. Enjoying life as a virtual wellness coach, helping you live your best life, she shares her positive approach to gluten-free life on her website, gfreewifey.com. A passionate advocate for the celiac community with a personal mission to advocate access for safe food for all, she created hashtag gfreewifeyfoodbank, partnering with local food banks, rescues, and various food initiatives in Ontario to start the conversation on access to safe food. Providing education and training workshops, fundraising, and gluten-free, allergen-friendly food drives in collaboration with local communities and organizations. Nominated Daily Bread Food Bank Community Champion in 2018 for her contributions to local food programs. To date, G-Free Wifey Food Bank has donated nearly $4,000 and 2,040 pounds of gluten-free food to community partners. Welcome, Jessica.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: And so, Jessica, why don't we start with the part of your journey that you want to share with us today?
1: Okay, so I think um, similar to my social media presence, I kind of compartmentalize. So it's really two stories, kind of how it started. Um, As a child, I was basically labeled a troubled child of divorce. Um, So my parents separated when I was 10 years old. And it was really, like, a new thing back then. Like, it was one of the first families to have divorced parents in our community. Um, And so I was really labeled troubled, and they had me in all these programs. Um, But I started having health concerns, and those were really minimized by saying I was troubled. I was just seeking for attention. So that went on uh, for a long time. And then when I was in high school— um the next kind of element of that was uh, me and my friends were involved in a gang sexual assault. Uh, so that happened um, and it kind of caused a lot of trauma and I ended Obviously. up <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I ended up uh, you know, self-medicating and just kind of numbing out reality, uh, lost contact with a lot of my friends, uh, which kind of drove me into this world of, People I'd never experienced, and tons of life experiences that maybe you would only see in the movies. Right. <laughs> um, so, one thing that really always stuck with me is I remember one time uh, when I was hanging out with these uh, other troubled folks, <laughs> um, a police officer stopped us and said to me, What is a girl like you doing with people like this? Mm-hmm. And that really resonated with me, and never left me. Um, I knew what he meant, but I also knew that all of these people were troubled. Something traumatic had happened to them. They were all kind of lost, like right. I was. And you was had lost. something
0: in common with them, yeah.
1: And I really empathized, and like I, s- I'm very like I see the potential in everybody, and so that kind of always stuck with me. Um, and eventually, I i don't know, something just kind of triggered in me. I always, you know, I was heavy into drugs. I was removed from school. I was hanging out with these crazy people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had moved out of my home and was living on my own. I was working three jobs. And I was always kind of a workaholic, but just trying to... It was never who I thought I was gonna be, and I always knew in my head who I wanted to be. Um, So I always, I kind of, no matter what situation I was in, I always knew who I wanted to be, and I did what I could to work towards that. Right. Um, And then in 2015, my younger sister was diagnosed with celiac disease. Um, So about 10 years prior to that, I had presented to my doctor, you know, I think I could have celiac. My family hails from Ireland and Finland and European countries. There's diabetes and Alzheimer's and arthritis and all these conditions within my family. Do you think that... This could be related. No, nobody has that. You're crazy. You're depressed. You need medication. Uh. (laughs) Um, So anyways, once my sister was diagnosed, uh, she kind of laughed and said, oh my gosh, my sister always said we had this and no one would believe her. So I was diagnosed shortly after and it really just forced me to pursue a healthier lifestyle. Um, And I kind of, I've always been that voice for people. So it really helped me develop that advocacy for this gluten-free celiac community. Right.
0: So it got you to um, focus your attention on something positive.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it, I kind of always wondered, like, you feel like something's missing. and You're like, what am I supposed to be doing? Because um, I always knew, like, there was something I was supposed to be doing. Right. So then after I was diagnosed, I started sharing my gluten-free journey on my Instagram and realized quickly that my friends and family didn't care about what gluten-free foods <laughs> I was eating every day. Right. So I started my social media channel, G-Free Wifey, where I started sharing all things gluten-free. Um and with my experience and in the past I had used a food bank and knowing that, you know, in Canada, close to a million people every month use a food bank, nice. uh, it is an extreme privilege to be posting myself eating $7 cupcakes. Right, and, of course. <laughs> <laughs> because gluten-free food is extremely expensive. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to kind of focus in on the access to safe food, but also food insecurity close to home.
0: Yeah, because I would think that for somebody who is going to a food bank, it becomes this whole idea of beggars can't be choosers, right? So exactly. that you you want those things and you know it's going to be better for you to have those things. But when you're going to a food bank, you, you can't be like, well, I need this and don't you have this kind of stuff available? So it becomes a bit more of a challenge.
1: Yeah, and, and that was my experience, like to ask for gluten-free food. A lot of people have still not heard of it, don't understand why you might need gluten-free food. So they just think you're being picky or needy or yeah, that beggars can't be choosers mentality yeah
0: and because so so many people now use that as a diet like a lifestyle thing more so as a an intolerance thing right. do you know what i mean so then there's that gray area too where it's like, well, is it really that you're gluten intolerant or is it that you're just being trendy? the irony (laughs) of it is
1: that if you are celiac and you go gluten-free, the majority of the time you're going to gain weight because your body, what happens with celiac disease is it uh, damages the lining of your stomach. So you stop absorbing everything, including Uh. nutrients and fats. So once you go gluten-free, you start to heal, you start absorbing And uh, you start putting on weight. Right.
0: (laughs) So the opposite of what the average person who thinks that this is the way to a healthier lifestyle, quote unquote, would be looking for. (laughs) Interesting. Jessica, what would you say is the biggest lesson that you've learned in this experience?
1: (laughs) There's so many. (laughs) Um, The biggest thing is... When you're not where you thought you were going to be or where you want to be, to just hold on to the thought of who you want to be. And every little decision and choice you make each day will get you to where you want to be. So just consciously knowing what you want to do and, and doing it and taking a step each day. And you might not feel like you're making progress, but eventually you're going to get there. Right.
0: And I think that in addition to that, part of the thing for me anyway, is believing that everything happens for a reason. So that even those things that you view as a setback or something negative, it's like, well, this happened for a reason. And instead of just being like, you know, this is a sign that it wasn't meant to be or, you know, I'm not supposed to be on this path. Just really taking a step back and trying to figure out why it happened, what you can learn from it. And then moving forward, again, remaining focused on what you really want to do as opposed to getting sidetracked by those things that happen that are out of our control.
1: Yeah. I think uh, when a traumatic experience happens, you can become lost. And I think one of the big things that holds people back is once you get lost, you maybe do things you wouldn't do, or you make decisions you wouldn't have normally made. And then that just starts to layer on shame. And I think shame is the biggest setback for people they, once they've made a decision, they've they feel like they can't redeem themselves, right? Because there's no undo
0: button. <laughs> yeah,
1: and um, and that's where that's really that embrace your destiny. That might have happened for a reason. Yeah, and if you can own those choices you made and and learn from them and um, utilize those experiences to share with others when you're ready to share right. your story. Right. Yeah, <laughs>
0: because I think that. Yeah, that's part of the thing, though, when you have that shame, right? You don't want to talk about it. You don't want to, even years later, you don't want to say this is something that happened to me because of the stigma that might be attached to it. But I think that when you do get to that point of wanting to share it, that you realize that there are people out there who need to hear it because they're going through their own stuff and they need that that idea that there is a light at the end of the tunnel.
1: And I think being able to look back on your life and... And identify those pivotal moments that might have seemed trivial at the time, but they redirected your entire life. So, for instance, like after the um, attack on my friends and I, um, a police officer said to me, well, you know, you might not ever want to go to this neighborhood. These are really bad people. We know who they are and they're going to come back for you.
0: Oh, and wow. <laughs>
1: so those words also always stuck with me, which kind of led me into that, well, if these bad guys are going to come for me, I'm going to become a bad guy. Right. <laughs> and so that that one thing someone said to me redirected my whole life. But from all of those experiences following that, I've been able to learn so many lessons and become who I'm becoming.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's the interesting thing about all of our experiences, right? They make us who we are. And so the good, the bad, and the ugly of those things, right? That they all contribute to who we are today. And I think that when we go through those difficult times, it builds up a resilience that I don't think we would have automatically or naturally, right? So that these things are happening for whether it's self-preservation purposes, but there is a reason for them. And it's just really being able to understand that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For sure.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It takes a while sometimes, and you sometimes don't want to think about the silver lining because you can get stuck in that victim mentality and be like, why is this happening to me, and why does this continue to happen to me? But when you can get to that point, it makes a huge difference.
1: Yeah, and I think another thing, too, is like when you feel like you've finally gotten to a place where you've released it, or you're releasing it, and you can move past it, that there's still so much more, like... Oh yeah, it's that whole um,
0: new level, different devil kind of thing, right? Where you can yeah. feel like you're evolving and making progress. And then you're like, you know, and now everything's going to be smooth sailing. And I don't think it's ever smooth sailing, but it's just, yeah. you get to a different level and there are just more layers to uncover and and go through. For sure. Yeah. Life. Life, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, Jessica, what would you say... Or what advice would you give to somebody who might be going through their own challenges, like whether it is celiac disease or something else where they have to become their own health advocate or an advocate in any way, really? Yeah,
1: I think it is it is really just that, that you you know yourself and you have to be your own advocate Um and if you don't feel like you have the voice to do that, it's it's reaching out and getting help or surrounding yourself with people who you think can help or get you to where you want to go. Um, and doing the research you need to do to keep believing in what you believe in and making those choices for yourself. Right. So empowering yourself with knowledge
0: and that sort of thing. For sure. And I think that um, surrounding yourself with the right people is such a... A huge thing. Do you know what I mean? Because Absolutely. it can, um the right people can pull you in the right direction and the wrong people can make things a lot more challenging, right? Because even like you said, when you first started posting on Instagram, your gluten-free foods, your friends and family might not be interested in that stuff, but there is so many other people who are interested and in who do want to learn those things. Mm-hmm. So it's about realizing that the support that you need might be coming from places that you never imagined it would because... You think it's going to come from friends and family because they're the closest to you, but they don't necessarily understand it in the way that complete strangers will.
1: For sure. And I think um, it's National Recovery Month right now. So in terms of dealing with addiction and overcoming addiction, that's a huge part of it is being able to release the people that were in your life and... That doesn't mean you don't love them or care for them, but being able to release them and know they're not right for you at this time, that you have to find other people to get you to that next level of where you personally need to be and elevate to, um, can be a huge challenge for people.
0: Oh, of course, especially if for people that have been in your life for a long period of time. But I think that sometimes you have to, yeah, let go and be able to Love them from a distance <laughs> yep. and, and not feel like you're obligated to continue to spend time with people who aren't going to um, support you in the way that you need them to. Exactly. Jess, any last thoughts, final thoughts, words of wisdom that you want to <laughs> share? <laughs>
1: um, everybody's going through something that you don't know about. So live with compassion and try and be open-minded and empathetic. And I always say, when you are shopping, buy two and donate one to support your local food bank. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing your journey and parts of your life. I'm always honored to have guests who are willing to share these stories in the hopes of inspiring and giving hope to others so thank you so much for that and for the listeners out there you can check the show notes and find out different ways to connect with Jessica and learn more about what she's doing and what she's got going on and thank you so much for listening and I will see you in a couple weeks take care